Hello. <clears throat> good morning, good morning. Today is February 11th. And we're going to start with Matthew 11. Oh, look at you early birds up with me. <laughs> good morning. I see Diane. I love you, Diane. Oh, hi, Ashley. I love you. Let's see if I can see anybody else. Jasmine. Oh, Jasmine, it's Saturday. Go back to bed. <laughs> oh, what a good God he is. So I have been just... Just a weeping before the Lord going through this chapter. Ah, oh, just the the humanity of both John and Jesus and their feelings, how they feel about difficult things are just really shining through in this chapter. And so we're going to talk about those things. Um, we start in Matthew 11 with John sending two disciples. And they asked, Art thou he that should come or do we look for another? Oh, the vulnerability of John. The vulnerability of John. The, you know, I know what it's like to have lived for the Lord for many years and, and question the basics. I had a, in full transparency, I had a period of my life. I did not leave the church. I did not stop praying. I did not stop doing the things that I knew to do. But I had a significant portion of my life that I questioned the existence of God. And um, I, I knew that I was incorrect in doing that, which is why I kept up with my disciplines. But I did. I Like, why do we believe that God exists? I'm, I wasn't a child. I was a mother. I was an adult mother. And I had another time when I questioned the validity of the word of God. Um, and so maybe that's why this chapter just really calls to me today because, um, you know, it, it, it happens, it happens that our vulnerability would come through and I'm going to come back to what the reply was of Jesus, but I, I want to pop down here. And, and talk about why it was so sad that John would question these things. Um, because Jesus began to say unto the multitude concerning John, you know, what did you expect to see when you went out into the wilderness? I'm going to come back to that in a second. He says, a prophet Yea, I say unto you, this is, this is Jesus' opinion about John. John comes in a state of vulnerability. He's in prison. 
and he sends two disciples to ask, are you the one? Like, you know, John is going through a lot here. <laughs> he needs to know, are you the one? And Christ's opinion of John was, he's not just a prophet. He is more than a prophet. In fact, he was prophesied about in the Old Testament. Malachi 3.1 and Isaiah 57.14, both of these prophets prophesied about the coming of John the Baptist. And Jesus says, I say unto you, among them that are born of women, there hath not risen a greater than John the Baptist. This was Christ's opinion about John the Baptist. I told you this was an emotional one for me. <laughs> this is Christ's opinion. There has not been one born of women that is greater than John the Baptist. This is a mighty man that his birth was foretold hundreds of years before. Malachi, Isaiah, both saw John the Baptist. And John the Baptist is questioning, <laughs> is this right? Because when you are in a difficult season as John was in prison for his faith. <laughs> you question so much. You question so much. You're you're and and I, I just so appreciate that that is normal. I just appreciate God showing us that that is normal. However he said, Jesus' response to those two disciples was, you know, go and show John what you hear and see, all these miracles that are happen happening. And then he leaves him with this token, this, this final reminder in verse 6. Blessed is he. Uh, if you heard my podcast, you know the word blessed means happy. Happy is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. You know, Jesus was not out there trying to offend John. There was nothing about what Jesus was doing in healing, in, in the blind receiving sight, the lame walking, the lepers being cleansed, the deaf hearing, the dead being raised up, the poor have the gospel preached. Jesus took up John's banner and was and preached, repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We saw yesterday how he sent those disciples out to preach the same thing, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus was not purposefully and deliberately trying to offend John. Jesus was doing what he had to do. That's what Jesus was doing what he had to do. And so Jesus gave this reminder, blessed is he, happy is the person that's not offended. 
And so this, this phrase shall that shall be offended, of course we know not be offended, but shall be offended comes from this coin Greek word scandalizo. And it means to put a stumbling block or impediment in the way to cause to sin. And since one who stumbles or whose foot gets entangled feels annoyed, which means displeasure, indignant, and anger. Hi, puppy dog. Why are you coming down? Give me one second. Morgie, um, I'm on a live stream. If you can let Star out, please. Okay. Um, Star wants to go outside for her morning potty, but I'm here. So this lets us know that it's our choice. Jesus was giving John this word that if you're going to be at peace, if you're going to be happy in a situation that you cannot help, which in John's case was jail, it was prison, then you've got to choose to not let this be a stumbling block to you. You, you and I choose that those people that it seems like they are, they are being allowed to do more than we are able to do, that they are in positions that we are not able to be in. We get to choose whether or not that's going to be a stumbling block, an impediment in the way that causes us to sin. Jesus was not out there trying to offend John. John was the one dealing with the mind games, just like you and I deal with mind games. John was the one being tormented in this situation, and there was nothing that anybody could do about it. It's not that John was utterly alone. He had two disciples at his beck and call that when he said, Go see, go, go ask Jesus this question. He sent two of his disciples. He still had people at his beck and call. But it doesn't matter when we are in a situation that we want something different to be in. It's easy in our humanity to feel offended. But we get to choose whether or not somebody else's work is going to annoy us, is going to cause us displeasure, is going to cause us to feel indignant or anger. We get to choose. And so Jesus was saying, you, you can be happy if you're not offended in me. Don't be offended. I They're out there. Those people that, that may be a, a bothering you, making you feel shut up, making you feel like you are not able to operate. Don't be offended. Choose to be happy. Choose to let them do what they're going to do. Just let them go do it. Oh, y'all hear those birds? Let them go do it. And you be happy. You be happy. Oh, 
So and this right here, what went ye out into the wilderness to see a reed shaken with the wind? I love that so much because <laughs> John was John, right? John was John. And, and, uh, this, this cracks me up about our modern day preachers as well. Um, you know, each preacher has their own personality and some, some personalities are, are to be akin to John the Baptist. You know, there's kind of rough and tumble and, and, uh, he's out there eating locusts and got honey in his beard and dressed in camel hair. And, you know, oh my goodness, he's just rough and tumble dude, right? Jesus comes along. Jesus is all refined. And we're going to talk about the difference in John and Jesus in a second. But, you know, these these people that, that complain about our modern, I'm not even talking about our modern preachers. It may, it, oh, man, it, it bugs me. I got to choose blessed because it offends me when these people have negative things to say about men of God because they are rough and tumble because the lifestyle they came from is a is is difficult and and they've got a speech pattern that's that's uh not refined because they came out of the hood and and there's they I mean they've cleaned up their speech a lot they're talking like the pope compared to compared to what they used to talk like and then you got these holy holy moly hoity-toity apostolics, not liking that they say rough words in the pulpit. Oh, oh, oh. Well, who did, who do you think is in that pulpit? These guys have a reputation that go before them. Of course, that's what they're going to say in the pulpit. Don't be shocked by it. Who'd you go out to see? <laughs> Brother Mahaney's gone on to be with his, gone on to his reward. But I remember people criticizing Brother Mahaney. I loved Brother Mahaney. As a matter of fact, my babysitters used to be Leonard and Lucille Burroughs. And they had the best, they had a, my bedside table at the Burroughs house. My mom and dad would, if they were going out of town to preach or if they were going in the middle of the night to pray for somebody, often I was at the Burroughs house. And uh, the Burroughs, their bedside table had a drawer that was full of cassette tapes of preachers preaching. And my favorite, among my favorites, was Charles Mahaney. I loved hearing him tell his testimony. I would put those cassettes on. Let me give a nod to Brother and Sister Burroughs. I love you. Sister Burroughs has gone on to be with her reward, gone to be gone to her reward. Brother Burroughs is uh, still on the front row, 80, I think he's 82, 85, 85, 85. And I uh, just amazing people of God, but yeah, yeah. God's brought these people out of things and they're cleaned up their act. They're living for God, but, but they are who they are. And, and why are you shocked? Don't be shocked by, by who they are. Come on now. I'm going to I'm going to defend the preacher. Oh yes, I am. Don't you even try me. <laughs> yes, I am. Love the men and women of God. I love them. I don't I I love them from every aspect. I love the ones who have the the title doctor attached to their names, and I like the ones who have the title prisoner, past prisoner attached to their names. Oh, yes, I do. Oh, I love them. So 
Uh, and yeah, yeah, let's go ahead and talk about those, those rough and tumbles. Let's go ahead and talk about those rough and tumbles. <laughs> Jesus says, this is awesome. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, violence, and the violent take it by force. Jesus was saying, we need those tough, rough people. We need them. Let's look at, let's look at this violence here. Let's look at these, this word violence here. Suffereth violence comes from the coin Greek word biatso. And it means to use force, to apply force. The kingdom of heaven needs us to apply force. And when you study what, what these poor men, God love them, John the Baptist and Jesus were having to face to, to bring about the dispensation that they were going into, they had to use force. They had to apply force. Those religious hypocrites, generation of vipers, Jesus called them. They had to apply force in order to accomplish what they needed to accomplish. The kingdom of heaven allows force and the violent, this word violent, means to be strong and forceful and energetic while being strong and forceful. This is what it looks like to have a breakthrough. If you're not having a breakthrough, you need to look a little bit more like this. Does your prayer look like this? Does your fasting look like this? Because that might be why you're not getting the breakthrough you need. Now, don't, don't mistake. We're just, we're talking here about John being in prison. So the fact that what you need a breakthrough in, don't forget your breakthrough is a spiritual breakthrough, not a bibbity bobbity boo fairy godmother. Give me a luxurious life breakthrough. Our goals are not the goals that are in this life. Our goals are the kingdom of heaven, having revival, seeing the the doctrines of the religious world shut down so that the doctrines of the word of God can be accomplished. And so when we are looking for a breakthrough, our prayer needs to look a little bit more like this. We need to get past now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep if I should die. No, no, no. We need our prayers to look more like use force, apply force, be strong and forceful with energy. We need to get a little sweat and a little, a, a little, uh, uh, warfare in our tone when we pray, when we bind the enemy, when we loose angels, when we set at liberty our tongue, we need this. The kingdom of heaven suffereth violence and the violent take it by force. Yeah. And, and then here, here's the uh, other section, 18 and 19. For John came neither eating nor drinking. Look, th- this is, the, this is the, the situation that they were dealing with. Jesus was dealing with. It's like John came, he didn't eat or drink. He didn't, he didn't involve himself with society at all. He went out in the wilderness. He ate locusts and honey and dressed in camel's clothes and was roaring in the wilderness. But he said, Jesus said, but I came 
eating and drinking. I came doing the complete opposite of John. I came with gentle words. I came saying, blessed are the poor in spirit. I came saying all kinds of sweet words. When, when John came acting like a crazy man, not eating or drinking, not getting involved in society at all, they said he has a devil. But when I came eating and drinking and, and socializing, they said he's a gluttonous and a wine bibber and he's a friend of publicans and sinners. When people have an attitude, you can't win for losing. And that's why you just got to keep doing what's right. You've got to choose to not be offended. Choose to not be offended. You do you, let them do them, and you just keep doing the work of God. Let the church roll on. Let the church roll on. And then th verses uh, 20 through 24, he gives a lot of warnings. And, uh, you know, it's, it's wonderful that we've got men of God, men and women of God, who when we may not have the strength ourselves, or when we may be intimidated, we may be new to the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence and the violent take it by force. We may be new to it. So thank God for these people who have the strength to call out these, these hypocrites. Thank God for people who has the, the, the willpower to shut them down so that we can have a breakthrough. Join with them. Connect with them. Unify with them. Don't talk against them. Unify with them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give me one minute. Morgan? Morgan? Can you close the door, please? Thank you. Um, so we're going to, we're wrapping things up here. Um, let's see where, I wrote down this definition of hear. He that has ears to hear, let him hear. That's where we're at here. Um, he that has ears to hear, let him hear. Um, this word ears means to perceive with the mind doesn't mean your actual physical ears. It means to perceive with the mind. It means the faculty to understand and know. And it, to hear doesn't mean with your ears. It means to attend to. I mean, you know, attend uh, uh, when you've got um, a, an attendant, a flight attendant, that phrase comes to mind. Somebody who takes care of the situation. They, they monitor, they supervise, but they also serve. So if you've got the ears, if you've got the mind to understand and know, then you need to attend to these things. You need to attend to it, supervise it, make sure it gets done. What has been said, what has been preached, attend to it, supervise it, serve it. That word that came across the pulpit, Attend to it, consider it, perceive the sense of what is said. And then um, Jesus wraps this up with his sweetness. I love it so much. 
Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavily laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke. This is beautiful. Um, we, we remember this verse most often, verse 30. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But we're going to end with this understanding right here. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. I love Jesus so much. He's so cool. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. See, this is the thing. A yoke is what oxen wear to plow a field. A yoke is what oxen, it goes over the neck of oxen. And when you've got two, you it's common to put an older one with a younger one so that the younger one can learn how to do what the older one has been doing. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. To learn how to do the work of Jesus Christ, to learn how to do the work of Jesus Christ, you've got to get in his yoke. You've got to get in his yoke so that he can show you how to plow, how to move, how to make it happen. Take on Jesus' yoke so you can learn about him. When you are that close to a person, the another scripture we find the word yoke is it, there's a scripture that says, be not unequally yoked with unbelievers. You learn a person when you get that close to them. So Jesus says, if you're going to learn about me, you're going to have to do the work that I do. Take on my yoke and you're going to learn of me. And what you're going to find is that I am meek and lowly of heart. And in learning this about Jesus, in learning that he's not cruel, in learning that he is just, in learning that he is lovely, you will find rest for your souls. And you're going to find rest for your souls because you're in his yoke. <laughs> Doing the work of the Lord is the most wonderful thing on the planet. Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You see, John in prison questioning, man, you know, is, is this right? Is what's going on here right? I'm in jail and Jesus is, is out there. And why is it God's will for me to be in jail? Is this right? And when our vulnerability is questioning things, we realize that there is a, there is a yoke and there is a burden, but, but you're going to be in a yoke and a burden either way. And you're going to find that when you're in Christ's yoke, it's a, it's light. 
It's easy and it's light. Hope you all enjoy reading Matthew 11 today. I will not be doing tomorrow because it is Sunday. God bless.